Welcome to Process to Profitability, a podcast all about the tools and strategies you need to serve your clients and grow your small business, hosted by me, Samantha Mabe of Lemon in the Sea. Join me as I chat with creative entrepreneurs and small business owners about how they built and grew their businesses and how you can do the same in a way that fits you. Let's get started. Welcome to episode 15 of Process to Profitability. Today is the second episode all about website design, and I am going to be talking about how you can evaluate if your website is working for you. If you haven't listened to the first episode, I recommend that you go back and listen to episode 13, How to Work with a Website Designer. I do talk a lot about the web design process, but there are some great tips in there if you are going to DIY it. This episode is going to be useful whether you're DIYing your website, just trying to get by until you can work with a designer, or if you're working with a designer now so that you know what to look for and what to ask for in a strategic website design project. Because that's what I'm all about. Using strategy in your website design so that it doesn't just look good, but it also functions well and helps you grow your business. So I'm going to go into a couple of techniques for evaluating if your website is working for you. And I've also got a checklist for you all about this um, at lemonandthesea.com slash 15 download. You can download it there so that you can go through all of this um, on your own time because there is going to be a lot of information that I'm going over. So why is having a strategic website important? I know that so many of us are looking at websites from a design perspective. We want to make sure the images look good and that everything um, really just fits our brand and our clients. But we have to have a strategy behind our website design as well if we actually want to be intentional about growing our business. So what does this look like from a design perspective? To me, this means focusing on what your dream clients need in a website. I'm currently reading a book called Don't Make Me Think, all about creating websites that make it really easy for your visitors to figure out exactly what they're looking for so that you don't frustrate them. You just put it exactly what they need on the very first page and you make it simple for them to figure out what you do, how to hire you, if they like you, because that is what's going to make you money and it's what makes an effective website. Strategic website design also involves a lot of testing and changing because when you are so in a website design because you've done it or it belongs to you, it's hard to see that there might be problems or areas where visitors would struggle. So there are going to be a lot of testing techniques that I'm sharing today that you can try and that if you are working on a strategic website design, your designer or developer should be looking at so that you can get the best out of your website instead of just feeling like you're guessing at what works. And most of us are probably doing this in our businesses already. A lot of this is things we talk about. We talk about making things really simple, having a call to action on every page, telling people what we want them to do. 
But we don't actually translate that to our website when we're creating it. We think that all of those really common sense things are not necessary for us, that they either only work for those big players out there or that we can just try to do something different and stand out. I believe that your website should be a reflection of you, which means it should be different from other people. But there are certainly things that work better for strategy and getting your business to grow. So what are some areas where you can start evaluating if your website is working for you? The first one is going to be at the very top of your website, and that's the navigation. You want your navigation to be simple and clean and to the point. I know we all have a ton of pages on our website and we have so much information that we want to share that it's tempting to crowd that navigation with absolutely everything, hoping that people will just look at it and figure out what they need. But that's not actually an effective way to design a website. We don't want to overwhelm our visitors with choices. So you should keep your navigation simple. You also want to make sure that you're following some of the website standards here. I know that that sounds like a little funky because you want to stand out, you want to be different, but if everyone expects that there is a button to contact you on the top of your website in the navigation, it makes sense that that's where they're going to look for it. And so that's where you should place it, unless you have a really good reason otherwise. So here are some of the things that I like to include in the top navigation of a website to make it easy for people to figure out what it is that you do, who you work with, and how you can help them, and then to get you paid. So you are always going to have a logo on the top of your website, and that should link to your homepage so that if someone clicks on that logo, it will take them back to the homepage no matter where they are in the site. You should also have a link to your about page. This is one of the most visited pages on every website because once people know a little bit about what you do and they're interested, they wanna know who you are and they also wanna know how you can benefit them which is another episode entirely about about pages and I've got that coming out in a couple of months. Next, you're going to want to have a link to something about what you do, whether that is a services page, a link to a course, or something else that shows people exactly how they can work with you. And depending on your um, profession and your industry, you may also want to include a portfolio here, either as a sublink to that or as a page within that services page. This is really important because you want to tell people how they can hire you once they're interested. And people are going to expect that to be in that top menu just like they expect it for a product-based business to be able to shop from the top menu. The next page you may want to include, if it's relevant to your business, is 
a link to the way that you share content, whether that be your blog or a podcast or something else. If you don't have that, I would take that spot and make it a link to have people sign up for your email list. Give them that really valuable opt-in right there so that they can sign up and start getting your valuable content through email. And the last link you want is to have your contact page. And I always put this in the top menu because no matter what it is that you're selling or what you offer, sometimes people are going to want to get in touch with you. And if you've gone through the um, five website updates to get your website legit guide, you're going to see that in the contact page, I recommend that you have your email address as well as a form. Um, and I think that's a really great way to encourage people not just to email you about working together or with questions about your product, but also to encourage people to get in touch about collaborations and to reach out with questions so that you can engage more with your audience. So those are the things that are going to be in your top navigation. You are most likely also going to have a navigation in the footer of your website. This is probably going to be smaller and you can play around with this a little bit, but there should be a couple of links here that show up on every website. And the big one is the policies. So this is a, your terms and conditions and your privacy policy that need to be on every website that is taking money, collecting email addresses, sharing information, which is probably you if you're running a business. So make sure you have that in place and it makes sense to put that in the footer because that's where people look for those types of things. On a lot of websites, I also use that footer menu to link to blog archives, um, some of the pages that are in the top menu as well in case people don't want to scroll back up. But you can play around a little bit more there and link to the pages people might be looking for but that don't need to be at the very top of your website. All right, the second area that you should check to see if it's working for your business is going through all of your content and checking for a couple of things. Now, I know this probably seems really overwhelming because you have a ton of content on your website, especially if you've been writing a blog or running a podcast or sharing information in that way. But this is really important for user experience and for SEO. And the reason that this is important for user experience is a couple of the things we're going to go over are going to be really frustrating to your website visitors if they don't work. So the first thing you want to check in your content is for broken links. Go through and make sure every page that you link to on your website actually goes to where it's supposed to. And sometimes, even if it did when you first set up that link, it doesn't anymore because the page has been moved or renamed. You want to make sure that if you're telling people to check out a resource or read another blog post, that it's going to the right place. Because otherwise, they're going to click on that and they're going to get to a page that says, we can't find this content. And they're going to be frustrated that they couldn't learn whatever it is that they expected to um, in addition to what you've been sharing. You also want to make sure that all of your images are working. So 
This is usually easiest if you go to the front end of your website and load everything up and make sure that none of your images are coming up as cannot be found or just little tiny um, icons instead of the actual image. Every time that this happens, especially if the image is not named well, people aren't going to know what you're trying to share with them, and it's really frustrating, Depend especially if you are sharing images because that's part of your business. If they can't see them, they're not going to be able to follow what you're sharing, and they're going to go somewhere else. In your content, you also want to make sure that you are optimizing for SEO. That means having different styles of headlines that are done correctly and having content that uses those keywords and gets all of that good SEO stuff out there. Now, SEO is a really complicated topic and it's not something that I'm an expert on, but I am going to be bringing on an SEO expert to talk through all of this and what you should be doing as your best practices on your website in a later episode. But for now, you should know that you should be concentrating on a couple of things when you're starting out. First is to figure out what your keywords are. And you can do this by um, brainstorming on your own and then going to Google or going even into the keyword finder on Google to figure out what it is people are searching for when they look for your business. And then you want to use those words as they make sense in a couple of places. You want to use it in your URL. So if you are writing a blog post, you don't want the web address to just be a bunch of numbers and letters. You actually want it to be something that's related to the topic you're talking about. You also want to use it in the titles of your images, the way that you name your images. You want to use it in the headers of your blog post, so in the written title, and then if you are using you know, a header so that you can talk about those big points, you want to hit those big points in a larger text so that people can skim through things and get an idea of what you're talking about. And then you want to use it throughout your content. You want to be talking about the things that you want to be known for so that when people search for those, you're going to pop up in the search results. I also have a really great um, blog post all about this for Squarespace specifically and how you can implement some of this SEO. And you can find that at lemonandthesea.com slash blog slash Squarespace SEO tricks you should be using. And all of those words have dashes in between them. So it's a little bit complicated to share here, but it's really great SEO because I'm using those keywords, Squarespace, SEO, tricks, things that people are going to be searching for. So now that you've reviewed your content, and I know that that is a lot on some of our websites, you're going to want to go through and check another place where your website could be falling short. And that is on calls to action. I really harp on this because it is important even if it doesn't seem like it is. But every page on your website should have a call to action. And if you're not sure what that should be, I would start by sitting down and brainstorming every page on your website and what the purpose of that page is. What do you want your visitors to do when they visit that page? 
For example, if you have visitors land on your about page, what is the next step? For me, that is usually to go to my blog or to my services page, depending on what makes sense for the offer that my client is selling. So if it's a low cost offer, I would send them to my services or my course. If it's a higher cost thing that I need to build um, trust with, then I send them to where I'm sharing content like my blog. You just want one call to action on every page. It's going to be a button that is going to stand out. It's going to be actionable and it's going to be clickable so that when people click on that, they go to the page that they are expecting. Um, this also applies on your contact page. If you have a form on your contact page, you want a button that submits that form so that people know that they have actually gotten in contact with you. These calls to action are what is really going to help your website um, move traffic along and keep people on your website longer. What happens when people go to a page that doesn't have a call to action is that they aren't sure what the next step is. And so they might just leave. If they don't know what to look at next, like on a blog post they really liked, they might leave your website instead of going and searching out the next step on their own. So even on blog posts, you don't have to have such an obvious call to action, but you might want to include some related blog posts at the bottom for them to check out so that they have somewhere to click, they go to that page, and they learn even more from you. I talk a little bit about more about those calls to action in the five updates to make your website legit guide. Um, so check that out if you want some examples of some great calls to action and the types of things you want to include on different pages of your website. All right, so another area that might not be working on your website, and I know that there is a lot of information coming at you, so again, I've got that download for you at lemonandthesea.com slash 15 download so that you can get this all in a checklist. But the next area is your contact form. You want to make sure that that is working for your business. This can look a couple of different ways depending on what it is that you do. So for me, I get a lot of inquiries from clients, but I also get questions from readers of my blog or listeners to the podcast that I want to all come through the same contact form, so I don't want to make it overly complicated for them to get in touch with me. All I have on there are fields, name, email address, um, what it is that they're interested in, and then their message. If you are an event professional, you work in weddings, and you really need to gather more information than that so that you can get a good feel for clients who are reaching out to you, you can include more information in that contact form um, and ask more questions but make sure that you are including your email address on that page for people who aren't interested in the weddings necessarily or hiring you for that service, but who still want to get in touch. You also want to include a couple other things on your contact page that are going to make it super simple for people to understand 
what it is they are going to expect from you. So I always include office hours, which tells people when I might get back to their email. If I only work three days a week and I don't say that explicitly on my website, they might expect a response really quickly, but they're not going to get one because I'm not checking my email. So start out by giving them a really good idea of when it is that you work and set those boundaries early. I also like to include links to social media because once someone is on that contact page, they're probably really interested in something about what it is that you do. And so even if they're not ready to work with you yet, you want to give them the option of getting on your social media and following you and learning more that way. That's a really great way to optimize that page to make it really impactful for interactions in the future. The next area of things that you should be checking out on your website is the design. You don't want a website that is too busy or give somebody too many choices and too much to look at. We as humans are paralyzed by choice. So you want to make it super simple. And this goes back to the calls to action that you want to include, but it also goes to the overall design of your website. Your job is to make your website sell for you, to inform your audience and give them a lot of great content, but ultimately it's supposed to sell. And so you don't want to distract from what it is that you do and what you can help people with by filling it up with all sorts of busy things. The other great thing about having a simple website is that it loads really quickly, which is great for SEO. So if you want to do an evaluation of your website on this, I would recommend that you check out those main pages on your website and see if they make sense. If you have, you know, one main header image, one call to action, and just a couple of blocks of text, you want to keep it simple and you want to have a lot of white space on your websites. That is a really big trend right now, but it's also just good design practice. So it's all about balancing getting the information you need out there with um, keeping things simple and easy to understand. But I always go on the side of easy to understand and simple because you can share the other information once you actually get somebody on a call or get to see them in person. And the last thing you want to evaluate is a little bit more difficult because you've got to know your audience. And that evaluation looks at if you are sharing the right content and reaching the right audience. You may be building the greatest website in the world with a lot of great content, but if you're not reaching the right people, it's not going to help your business grow. And so you need to make sure that what it is that you're putting out there and how it is that you're sharing that information works for the people you want to work with and attract to your business. If you're ready to improve your website today, get my free five website updates to get legit guide by going to lemonandthesea.com slash five updates. 
There you will find a guide with five easy updates you can make today that are going to make your website stand out, be legal, and it includes free resources that you can check out as well as easy action steps to get you started so that you can start making improvements to your website today. That is at lemonandthesea.com slash five updates. Now I know that that's a lot. A lot of areas that you're going to be looking at your website and trying to figure out, is this working or is this not working? And all of that comes into the strategy of a website design, so it can be overwhelming at first. But I want to remind you that good website design just makes it really simple for your dream clients to figure it out that they are the perfect fit for you, that you can serve them really well, and then it inspires them to hire you. And you do that in a variety of ways, but your website is going to be the place that people are coming to check you out. So you want to make sure that it works for you. So I'm going to share a couple of the tools that I use to make sure my websites are working for me and for my clients. And as I am transitioning into just focusing on strategic website design, these are some processes that I'm putting into place for every client project so that I can take a look at all of those areas and see what's working and what might need to be tweaked. So the first thing you should have set up on your website is Google Analytics. And that probably sounds really scary, but it's a free tool that Google offers that you can pretty simply connect to your website and it's going to give you a ton of great information. When you're just starting out with analytics, I would take a look at a couple of things. And that is, you know, is your website working? So how many people are coming to your website? How long are they staying on your website? And how much are they going to other pages or just bouncing right off and going somewhere else? You also want to look at where people are coming from. So are they coming through social media, through links from other people? Google Analytics can give you a ton of information. And I don't want to go so in-depth in that right now that it's overwhelming, but I am going to go through and cover that in another episode um, so that you can really start to use what it is that you are seeing in a way that's effective. Another really cool thing that Google offers that's going to give you instant feedback is they have an extension on Chrome called Page Analytics. So you can add this extension and when you are on your website, you're going to see a little bar at the top and it's going to tell you about the page that you're on. How many page views has it had in a certain amount of time? How many unique visitors have you had? How much time do people spend there? You know, when they come to this page, what do they do next? Do they bounce right off your site or do they go somewhere else? And so that is some really great information that you can start to use to see if your website is working and if not. So if something is off, you can make some changes and then look at it down the road to see if that's improved things. That's where you're testing and changing and evaluating what works. 
The second tool that I really love is heat mapping. So I use a software called Crazy Egg. I recently put this on my own website and it's such a cool tool because it shows me a couple of things on my website that is really useful. Uh, you can sign up for this for a th free trial or you can pay for it monthly, um, but it's actually really useful. So I would recommend that if you are trying to build a strategic website, that you invest in this at least for a couple of at least for a couple of months so you can test things out. So the things that I can see through this software um, is like I said, it's a heat map. So what I can do is set up a snapshot that runs for a certain amount of time on a certain page of my website and it tracks everyone that comes there and shows me what it is that they click on what it is that they hover over. So how long do they look at each section of the page? What is it that they are really interested in? Recently, I used my heat mapping and I noticed that on my homepage, I have a link to my opt-in and people are trying to click on the title of that opt-in, but it's not clickable. So I made it a link so that when people go to click on it, they actually go to that uh, opt-in to get a little bit more information. And that's where this can be really useful is what are people looking at on your website? What buttons are they clicking on um, that aren't actually buttons? So what should you make clickable that isn't? Or what calls to action are working better? You can test those out because people might click on one as opposed to the other. That is such a cool way to do this. The next thing I love that is a new feature is recordings. So my husband thought this was a little creepy the other day, but basically what it does is when someone comes to your website, it will make a recording of what it is they're looking at on your page. You basically see their screen as a recording so you can see where it is that their mouse goes and what they hover over and how quickly they scroll and what they're doing. So you can hop on a video for a certain page of your website and notice that no one ever scrolls to the bottom of that website. And so maybe you need to make it shorter or maybe you need to make sure that all of the important information you're trying to share is closer to the top. These tools, Google Analytics and heat mapping, aren't going to tell you exactly what to fix on your website, but they're going to give you some insight into how your users use your website, how you are reaching people, and you have a great opportunity to go through and make some changes, let yourself gather more information and see which one works better. And that's what strategic website design is all about. It's about testing what might work and then changing based on the behavior of your audience. So my number one recommendation, if you are trying to really dig into the strategy of your website, um, whether you are doing that yourself or if you're looking for a designer to help you, is to figure out what it is that you want your main goal of your website to be. Because you can't build a strategy until you know what it is that you're trying to achieve. For some people, this is going to be 
getting people to the website. That's all they're concerned about right now is just getting their name out there and getting people to know them. Other people might really be concerned with how many people are signing up for their email list because that's where they're sharing the great information and that's where they can nurture, inform- um, can nurture relationships. For online shops, this might be getting more people to click that buy button and actually check out. So not to leave things in their cart unpurchased, but to go through with that purchase so that they can receive the product and you receive the income. You need to figure out what the main goal of your website is before you start working on the strategy so that you know what it is that you're trying to really optimize on your website. What is it that you want your visitors to do so that you can focus your strategy on that thing? The next thing, like I said, is to go through and figure out what the purpose of each of your pages of your website is. So you want to figure out what pages you have on your website now, Um, maybe eliminate some of them if you can, add anything that you need, but figure out the main purpose of each page so that you can create a really great call to action and create content that is going to speak to people when they go to that page on your website. So that is my biggest tip when it comes to strategic website design is to know your goals. And from there, everything is going to depend on your business, your audience, your design. You can follow some best practices, and a lot of those are what I've outlined previously in this episode, but it's all going to vary depending on who you are and how you work. So you have to get in there and start testing and changing based on what you're seeing. Because what works for you might not work for somebody else. So I hope that this episode was not too overwhelming, but if you want to dig into some of this and start going through these items and making sure that your website is really working for you, make sure you check out my free checklist at lemonandthesea.com slash 15 download, um, where you can download a checklist of all of this and it's going to go through a lot of that. Um, I'm also going to have links to all of the things that I recommended in the show notes. So if you're looking for Google Analytics or um, the heat mapping software that I use, you can find that there. I hope that this episode was really valuable. But if you are still a little bit confused about strategic website design, I'd love to hop on a call with you and just evaluate your website and see what it is that you might be able to change. So if you are interested in that, you can reach out to me via email at samantha at lemonandthesea.com or if you sign up for my email list through the um, five updates to get your website legit guide on the homepage, you're going to get a link to set up a call with me where we can go over your website. You're going to get some really actionable tips and I can look at the strategy of your website and help you to design something that is going to benefit your business and serve your customers really well. 
And that's the last note I want to make, because I think when we think about strategy behind websites, we really think that it's all about benefiting the business. It's all about making the sale and sort of tricking people into doing what we want them to do. But I promise that it's not. We aren't trying to trick people into buying something that they don't want to. What we're trying to do through website strategy and through um, creating a great user experience is to make it really easy for our visitors and our dream clients to get to know us, to learn from us, and eventually to hire us. Because we each offer a service to people that is really valuable. So I want your business to grow, but I also want your visitors to your website and your dream clients to be served well through your website because they're not frustrated trying to find something that they know should probably be there, but they just don't know where it is. When we make our website design really simple and streamlined and make it work for our users, they are going to trust us more because they're going to get what they need through the way that we are serving them on our websites. So don't be afraid to think of strategic website design as something that's a positive thing, even if you are a heart-centered business, even if you are all about just serving your clients, because that's what this is doing. It's serving those people really well in a way that also benefits your business, and that ultimately helps us all. So I hope you enjoyed this episode and I'm really excited to see everyone go through and add a little bit more strategy to their website and make sure that it's really working for their business and their audience. Thanks for listening to Process to Profitability. Please take a minute to leave an honest review in iTunes so that I can help more small business owners and creative entrepreneurs find the show. 